1: Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Podmania Podcast, a retro pay-per-view review. We're back on a Thursday when we're actually supposed to record. It has been a mammoth an absolutely mammothly manic couple of weeks, but we are back and hopefully we'll be sticking to our sort of schedule. Wait and see, fingers crossed. I say we because I am, of course, joined by Garth. How are you, my friend?
0: Hello, hello, I've just just managed to
1: get over Backlash. So. Oh, good grief. Well, <laughs> I have already said that it's a retro pay-per-view review show this week and we are looking at SummerSlam 1990, but it, it would be remiss of us not to talk about the last WWE pay-per-view that we were subjected to, which was, of course, Backlash 2008. And we're going to start, ladies and gentlemen, with what can be only be described as a wrestle rant. Um. <laughs> so, overall feelings of Backlash 2018 then, Garth?
0: Well, I watched it after everybody else had watched it, so I was already going in thinking this is going to be a shit show because everybody said so. But um, I watched it in three goes, and it wasn't it wasn't the worst pay-per-view. It wasn't so bad that I'm never watching wrestling again. <laughs> but,
1: <laughs> I am genuinely worried for people on Twitter who seem to think that this is oh, the be-all and end-all.
0: Yeah, such an overreaction. But um, yeah, there was quite a lot of shit in this thing. But I still think it was better than that Royal Rumble.
1: As well, I am you? completely with you. When I was lucky enough that I actually decided to do something far more important than watch Backlash Live, I decided to go to bed. Um, <laughs> I, you know, when, I, when I woke up and my Twitter feed was just alive with people saying, this is the worst pay-per-view I've ever seen. And in fact, we put a poll up on Twitter. And I just want you to think about this for a moment. And um, We put a poll up and said which one was worse backlash 2018 and backlash 2017 bearing in mind that backlash 2017 was when Jinder fucking Mahal won the world championship (laughs) and backlash 2018 was voted a worse pay-per-view by a landslide that gives you some indication of the fan backlash pardon the pun um but I mean looking at the card we're not going to go through it because you know it's been done to death on Twitter it's been done to death by every wrestling mark in the entire world seemingly we're just going to pick it apart you know going to pick bits apart. I mean, it's sad to say that the pre-show match between Ruby Riot and Bailey was probably the second best match on the card.
0: I didn't even watch it. <laughs> no,
1: I did, partly because I'd listened to a podcast previously and they said it was one of the better matches. And to be fair, it was. I think the Riot Squad have been booked far better now they're on Raw. Mm-hmm. Um, they're being booked like a unit, which is what they should have been on SmackDown. And it just, you know, it was just a match. It was there. It was ten minutes, but it was a good match. And
0: then, of course, oh, had... um, one the overall, I think there was there was a... a few good matches. I think the Seth match was the best. He's been sort of MVP coming out of Mania.
1: Seth Rollins since Mania has become he seems so much more comfortable yeah. being a face at the moment. When he came... first came out of that heel run, I think people were a bit worried about um, how. He transitioned into being a face after being, you know, basically the big heel of the WWE, the chicken shit heel. Mm. And to be honest, as you've said, since Mania, he has been the MVP. I can't think of anyone that has, you know, he's put on consistently fantastic matches, including another one um, this Monday against Kevin Owens, another fantastic match. Um, he's also defended his Intercontinental Championship more times than Brock Lesnar has mm. um, since he's been Universal Champion, but that's that's by the by. Um, I, like, I
0: like the fact that he's doing what Miz was doing with it. He makes it that belt feel important.
1: It's elevated, definitely. Yeah. And I, I really mean, like this open challenge. I, I love an open challenge. Love I'd it. Be,
0: I'd be sort of. I would put that above the World Championship at the minute and Raw because. It's not there. It's never there.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But again, you know. Rollins kicked out of two skull-crushing finales. Miz, I thought, you know, the Miz has never been the world's best wrestler. He's been competent. He's been steady in the ring. I genuinely think that his last couple of matches have been fantastic.
0: I, th- I think he's excellent. He's so good. He Honestly, um,
1: again, I'm sure we've said this on the podcast before. If the Miz was to have another WWE Championship run, not one person would complain
0: because he is outstanding. Definitely, yeah. And that role is the the heel, but with a bit of a sort of realism to it, yeah. Because of the the stuff he did on like sort of SmackDown.
1: His first run on SmackDown was sensational. With absolutely sensational, yeah. Yeah.
0: And I can't wait for that match. I really, really can't. Uh, I was um, watching this for some reason. I was watching this, and I watched just before watching this, I watched the match he had with Finn the week before, which was amazing on Raw.
1: The Seth match.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I would, for some reason, I just, I just, I was sitting there and I thought, Seth Rollins reminds me of Shawn Michaels.
1: I can see that. He's
0: Definitely, he's got that intensity. He's like, he's actually like amazing in the ring now. Like, it's never been in question, but it just seems he seems a lot more comfortable. And he's he can he's pulling off the heel uh, transition over into the face thing.
1: Yeah, and I think. You've already said he's elevating this championship. He's pulling good matches out of people who have no right to have a good match. I mean, it's open challenge, the one directly after Backlash, was answered by Mojo Rawley, who we all know <laughs> is, you know, the absolute drizzling shits. And you know, Mojo Rawley was pulled to a decent match by Seth. Mm-hmm. You know, he is the best worker in the WWE, Well lot is... with the possible oh. with the possible
0: exceptions of AJ Styles. But when Corey Graves said uh, Seth Rollins is pound for pound the strongest in the WWE. <laughs> I, just said, I said to me, you hand oh fuck!"
1: Yeah, he's not though, is he? I mean, no. even people who aren't built like Bobby Lashley and you know Braun Strowman, you know, you look at Cesaro. Cesaro's probably stronger, yeah. but you know, Rollins. Sometimes I'm genuinely worried, especially when he lands on that knee. Um, yeah, you know, looking time. at the rest of the card, I mean, we had Nia Jax versus Alexa Bliss, which was fine, yeah. I guess. Even yeah. though what made me la what made me laugh in this match was. Who was supposed to be the heel in this match? That
0: I've got that. I wrote that down. I said, "Who's who's playing heel?" I actually, like at the end of the match, I thought, "Does this mean Bliss is now like in between?"
1: Exactly. I mean, anyone watching that match with no context to the storyline—say, my girlfriend had walked in—there's absolutely no way she'd have known that Nia Jax was supposed to be the face. No, the wish was absolutely brutal. Yeah, Bliss just got the shit beaten out of it. Um. Then we had Jeff Hardy versus Randy Orton again, just a just very subtle, subtle slow match. match. Yeah. I mean, Orton just, oh, just so slow. And Orton, when you've got Orton someone, went
0: down there, Orton was walking down there and he just looked, had no interest.
1: He had lose face again.
0: Just, just such, a, just everything. I mean, people will say, "Oh no, it's, it's a sort of slow, deliberate way." It does it? It's not. It's to me that just looks like. I'm just doing it because I have to. He's checked out.
1: Massively totally. checked out. Um Daniel Bryan beat Big Cass. Um It was alright. Was... Yeah. I, 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 I didn't care for it at all. The styles got, don't got, clash well. Uh, sorry, don't click well. Yeah. I just I don't I don't see it at all.
0: Big Cass it obviously got, got his it, The thing was It got Bryan's as win. You did and it, and, and it made Big Cass look strong by the beatdown bit at the end. Absolutely.
1: And I will just say that Daniel Bryan won me predictions, so thank you. Um <laughs> yeah. and I am winning by the way. It's three one. Um but Cash should not be tapping instantly to the yes lock. Absolutely no. not. He should Lots have had that cinched in for a while. Never mind, just you know, tap out straight away. But he did get his win back by beating the shit into Daniel Bryan afterwards, but it was just no one was bothered. You know, it was a very, very bland match. Yeah. Though that's more than what can be said for this utter dog shite. Carmella beat Charlotte Flair Fuck, I've, I've clean. Through this. Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania 34 took Asuka's undefeated streak. Um, Charlotte Flair then lost clean to Carmella, which I don't have an issue with. Carmella as the champion, therefore needs some big wins. Seth Rollins, after tweaking his knee, kicked out of two skull-crushing finales. <laughs> Charlotte... Tweaked her knee after missing a moonsault after one kick to the knee. A super kick to the knee, Garth. Not to anywhere else, to the knee. And Charlotte Flair, the best women's wrestler in the division, was taken out clean. No sign of the iconics, clean. And I'm sorry, Carmella, you need to keep your fucking tongue in your mouth. Because I'm sorry, every single time the camera panned into Carmella's face, she had a tongue out.
0: And she was screaming. I had to fast forward to it. I couldn't couldn't stand us screaming. It was an awful
1: match. Awful, awful, awful match. Um, AJ and Nakamura ended when they both kicked each other in the dick. I'm sick of this storyline. I I love the fact that the WWE have taken a feud that we've wanted since mm -hmm. Nakamura came up from NXT and have destroyed it to a point where it's been announced for Money in the Bank and everyone's gone, oh, fuck again.
0: I mean, it was a decent match until the end. It, it was because it was it was different than the other matches, it was just more like a brawl.
1: Yeah, but again, it's just it's why? If it's gonna be a no dodge qualification match, why end it in a no contest? Yeah. For that fuck's chair sake, bounce was pretty, pretty That chair yeah. bounce was hilarious oh. and how pissed off AJ Styles looked as well. Oh no <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley beat Kevin Owens and Sammy Zayn in a match no one gave a shit about. And yeah. Roman Reigns. I'll Roman Reigns
0: what, Braun Strowman as well. I don't think I've ever been turned off by someone turning face. No. As much as this. When he came out that match and he was pointing at that Royal Rumble trophy thing and smiling and waving to the crowd, I was like, come on. He's supposed to be a big monster heel. Yeah. Well, a big monster anyway.
1: I will just just remind you that he did take a 10-year-old out of the crowd to win the tag titles at WrestleMania, Garth.
0: That's when I checked off the Braun Express.
1: Yes, yes, needless to say, (laughs) that was when I stopped listening and stopped paying attention. But it was fine because Roman Reigns headlined a pay-per-view where the WWE Championship was being defended in a match with zero storyline that was ended by a Superman punch and a single spear. Yep, I was all right up till then. Uh, Was (laughs) it? Because Samoa Joe, I swear to God, all he did was rest holds.
0: I love that. You know what it is? He did that on purpose. He, could, he so did it on purpose because you could you could hear him when the camel wasn't on him. He just kept saying, "I can do this all day, baby." And you could tell it was pissing the crowd off, and I think he was playing to them.
1: Honestly, I absolutely adore Samoa Joe. I think he's amazing, and hopefully, you know, he will be a champion sooner rather than later. He needs to be, whether that's the WWE champion or um, you know the United States champion or what. I just feel like this this result contributed nothing to either storyline. You've now got Samoa no. Joe who's come off two two losses saying that he wants a WWE Championship shot. You've got Roman Reigns who's now doing nothing. They're trying this bizarre angle now where it apparently is management's fault.
0: <laughs> no, Roman, you shit. That's why people don't like you. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that the version of this I watched as well, there must have been waiting on the button for the cheers because when he pinned Joe... There was a massive pop. Yeah. When you've got but people... Those people walking out.
1: Yeah, when you've got people walking out, and the fact that they cut to those people walking out as well, which was hilarious. Um, when you've got people walking out of the match, Vince has got to realise that something's not right. And it's not... You know what? It's not fair on Roman, because to be fair, it's not his fault. He's working with what he's been given, but his creative is dog shit. I just, like... like...
0: When I was watching that, I thought, right, I'm not going to take any of the the shit that goes with it. I'm just going to watch the match. And I really actually enjoyed the match. Uh, it was had a really, really old school feel to it. Yeah. But again, uh, once it was the Joe main event... Joe came in, smashed him up a bit. Which was fine. The, yeah. The pit where he was shouting, um, what was it? Um, just go away. Nobody wants you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but then the Which is just started... true.
0: It's just true. I know. The crowd started with Rusev and they started shouting elite and stuff, and it's like, as much as it's shit to do that, it doesn't help.
1: <laughs> no. The fact the fact that he closed the show again, I think that's that what pissed was a, mystique, a lot of people. Yeah. yeah, exactly. exactly. And I think if he would oh, open the show, or if, yeah, you, you should... know, even if you'd oh, been yeah, in the yeah. middle of the card, I don't think it matters where he was. I just don't think people wanted to end the night on yet another Roman Reigns victory.
0: I think you... The way I see it, you, you should always end a pay-per-view with a, someone holding a belt up. You should end
1: it with a championship match.
0: That Absolutely. The, even if they haven't... If they've defended it and they kept it, holding that up as the sort of outgoing shot is always going to be better.
1: Well, think about it. What is the most important thing? The WWE Championship or a match that had two on. weeks
0: build? It's like putting um, like a championship boxing match on. Like, halfway through the card. Exactly.
1: You've got an undercard building up to the championship bout. You would never have that match mired in the undercard, would you? It just it makes no sense. And, you know, for everyone's complaints about WWE in the 90s and especially, you know, 95, 96, their, their top match was
0: always the championship match. Yeah. It built to it, and that is what a card should do. It's got to be Vince. It's got to be Vince this. It's got to be him saying... Reigns is on last and I wouldn't be surprised if you've got like Triple H like going oh, look, put him on second last. Even if he'd been
1: second last, it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah, it wouldn't have been as big a reaction. Yeah. But nevertheless, we're not here to talk about backlash, are we, Garth? <laughs> we're not nope. here to talk about backlash 2018. Because well, thank God. Um after slogging my way through it, I thought, Do you know what it's time for some badass nineties wrestling? And just, just 90s. Just 90s. Just 90s. Um, so, last time, Garth decided that our retro pay-per-view this time would be SummerSlam 1990. Um, it was... <laughs> <laughs> what are you laughing at? Already laughing. Just just because I love it. <laughs> yeah, this is one of Garth's favourite ever pay-per-views. He sent me a text the other day with a heart, and it was a DVD of this and SummerSlam 91. <laughs> <laughs> in a two disc DVD box and I didn't know whether to laugh or cry for the man um, it's, But and,
0: it's the first pit you I ever saw
1: there you go, it's got nostalgia attached to it we'll yep. let you off then <laughs> um, but yeah, SummerSlam 1990 August 27th uh, coming from Philadelphia um, overall not a terrible show certainly not an outstanding or even great show but it was good. It was serviceable, definitely. There was some really you, good matches yeah, in here.
0: There it, was some fucking weirdness. If you took some if you took the matches out and took all the other shit in between, it would have been better.
1: If you'd just taken all the matches
0: out. Yeah. Like <laughs> I mean and had just the matches without all the shit in between. Oh I yeah,
1: just... I know exactly what you mean. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot. There was a lot of a lot backstage. Of there was a lot of backstage weird promos. And again, do you know what? I love the 90s promos where you've just got overly jacked up men (laughs) yelling into the camera, stumbling (laughs) over their lines because they've got no fucking idea what they're saying. It's absolutely fantastic. We open up with a shot of Vince and the colour commentator for this, uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper, who seems to flit between heel and face commentator... Just ridiculously fast. I have never heard anyone in the same match sympathise with both the heel and the face. Are just absolutely baffling. And And to be honest,
0: openly calling people names as well. Yeah,
1: just generally being a dick. Um, I love Piper. I absolutely love Piper. But he did my head in in this pay per view. I am not a fan of his commentary at all. Mister Perfect, when he transitions to the commentary desk, is so much better. Than Rowdy Roddy Piper definitely. I don't know whether it just seemed to be like almost like an elongated promo. I was was just going to say it's like
0: him running, isn't
1: it? Yeah. I mean, the pop he got was absolutely awesome. Oh yeah. Um, Everyone shouting Roddy Yeah, the crowd was brilliant throughout, and they had to sit through a lot of (laughs) shit. Um, (laughs) Ten matches overall, uh, not including the dark match. The dark match, Shane Douglas defeated Buddy Rose, um, but we're not going to talk about that because it wasn't. On the show, we didn't see it, so we opened with the Rockers, Marty Giannetti and Shawn Michaels taking on Power and Glory, which was Hercules and Paul Roma. Shawn Michaels actually nursing a legitimate knee injury.
0: Yeah, he um, as well.
1: Yeah, he was limping to the ring, Power and Glory jumped him just before uh, the match started, hit him very, very softly with a chain. I think uh, it's good the how knee.
0: they did that, I think it's good how... That was a part of the match.
1: I think it did two things. One, it made sure that Sean wasn't going to get hurt, obviously. And it cemented Marty Giannetti as a fantastic babyface. Yeah. And if things had gone slightly differently, you know, injuries hadn't have taken place and drugs hadn't taken place, <laughs> I think Giannetti genuinely could have been a really good upper-mid-card star. Yeah. Never he's, never touching the title
0: picture, obviously. In this match, he shows how good he is. Like He's just solid as a worker. Oh, yeah.
1: Tossing both Hercules and Paul Roma, who mm-hmm. are big dudes, absolutely launching them all over the place. Um, but obviously Sean is out for the entire match after this love tap with the chain. Um, so Ginetti is left to um fend for himself. He does a lot of hip tosses eventually, yeah. obviously, though, because you know there are two of Power and Glory. Slick distracts the referee. I'm slick. You're Slick, fantastic. It's also, awesome. can I just point out as well that um Power and Glory got the job as entrance.
0: Oh, yeah, they were already there, weren't yeah,
1: they? Yeah, which which is amazing, because before this match starts, there's about three minutes of preamble, which means that they were just standing in the ring for those three <laughs> minutes, just going,
0: come on, guys, fuck <laughs> me.
1: <laughs> but eventually...
0: I'll what, no- what I noticed, what I didn't notice, where um, Marty Giannetti gets up on the top rope and just does like a, a jump and fist drop, and the crowd went absolutely crazy for it. Yeah, it's it was
1: an indictment of just how different...
0: The styles yeah. were. And um, how different the crowd are. Yes. To now. Definitely. Because it's stuff like that, I don't think. Well, more so, you never not normally saw the superstars going against each other. It was normally jobbers. Yeah, exactly. So this was before like the weekly like roar and stuff like that. Yeah, because you had
1: um, the wrestling classics, you had superstars, superstars you had yeah. um, Saturday Night's main event, things like that. Um, eventually, obviously, um, Power and Glory won. Slick distracted Mark Giannetti, or distracted the referee by taking off his shoe. Apparently, that is enough to distract a referee in the 1990s. Um, and I like the finish. Very, very good. Um, Hercules, powerplex off uh, the top turnbuckle, and this was followed by a diving splash from Roma for the pinfall. The pinfall was amazing because he just stood there, did the Chris Jericho cocky pin. <laughs> Um, and then they rolled Shawn Michaels back into the ring and proceeded to batter the shit out of him.
0: The selling here was absolutely. The selling so over was the
1: top. completely, drama- like, just ridiculously <laughs> over dramatic. But do you know what? I love Shawn Michaels, so I'll take that. Um, so, yeah, that was our first match. Nothing really to write home about. It was a serviceable match. And to be honest, you'll hear me saying a lo- that a lot.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: Next, we had the Intercontinental Championship match between... was such a good promo as well before that. Mr. Perfect and Bobby Heenan yeah. <laughs> are just magic together. They really, really are. And the way they bounce off each other, the way they're just... It, it, fantastic. I can't... It, the, one thing that did irritate me, and it was in this promo and it was throughout this match, obviously the Texas Tornado, or Kerry Von Erich, um had been a new addition to the WWF roster and he'd issued a challenge to Mr. Perfect for the Intercontinental Championship 10 days before (laughs) Um, and this played a lot of the, you know, into the story where they said that has Mr. Perfect had enough time to prepare? Which makes me laugh now because you have matches prepared the night before in uh, (laughs) pay-per-views nowadays. Um, But the thing that did annoy me is the fact that they kept referencing the fact that his name was Tornado. The amount of wind Puns, tornado puns, oh, God, that was, hurricane uh... puns. Good God, it was the entire of Kerry Von Erich's, um promo backstage was about well, how he was going to come down from a dark cloud. What are you talking I th- about?
0: I think that's because he was so coked off his mind. Yes, there is that. Yes,
1: absolutely. <laughs> he probably would. he, especially he to start was, off with, straight. he couldn't talk. That first bit of his promo I was like, is this, is this a weird <laughs> like? Has he got an accent? And then it was just, no, we just couldn't talk. And then eventually he kind of seemed to warm up his voice. And we actually got a, you know, sort of serviceable promo. Anyway, this match was fine. I don't think there was anything really to say. Mr. Perfect just selling. Yeah, it was a lot of the time it was a case of, oh, look, Mr. Perfect has underestimated the Texas Tornado. Yeah. Um but again, there wasn't really
0: a lot to say about this match. Um, I, was watch- I was watching it, and I was watching Perfect, and I was saying like to myself, like, and I wrote it down, like, they should use the Mister Perfect mold from here and make Bobby Roode that character.
1: Yeah, just arrogant. It'd be amazing, yeah. and that's what Is he she- was in NXT.
0: Just make him NXT Bobby. Yeah. Um, but um, there was a there was um, I remember watching this at the time, and there's a move where. It's just before the finish where he slingshots him into the post. Yes, and like I remember watching that at the time, thinking that's absolutely amazing. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> like you never used to see that sort of week to week. No, and and like stuff like that used to get. Put, I mean, it's so it's crazy thinking about it now. Like, I mean, it's just a it's a nothing now. It's nothing, but at the time it was like, whoa, look at perfect. That's.
1: <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. You've said it's nothing. It's nothing compared to the finish. Good grief, <laughs> Jesus.
0: Should, so. I showed my girlfriend that instrument. What the hell is
1: that? Exactly. I mean, Mr. Perfect had used a net breaker and a sleeper hold, spent a lot of time um, executing the sleeper hold on the Texas Tornado. Texas Tornado had hulked out like a modern day Roman Reigns. He'd then executed a claw hold, which involved sort of grabbing the forehead punch. of Mr. Perfect at arm's length and then hitting him with a discus punch. And when this happened. I was like, oh, okay, he's getting his win back. What the fuck? That's a three count. What? And the Texas Tornado got the Intercontinental Championship. It was, it was the most out-of-left-field three count I've ever seen in my life. It is the most anticlimactic finish to a match. I mean, if you thought Backlash 2018 was bad, then just watch the end sequence for this.
0: This was dog shit. And then... I mean, it's basically. I think at the time as well. I think um, Perfect had an injury. Yes. So they had to get him off TV. Whether well, happy, they had to get him off so he could like recuperate. But it was bit, it was just a job. <laughs> it was.
1: There's. I mean, this match was what five minutes long. Five minutes, five seconds. I think. That, yeah. Five minutes, fifteen seconds. So, I just, I I don't have words. I remember watching it and going, "I bet this pay per view better improve." <laughs> um. So I then didn't mind it. so then, of course, sensational sherry came down uh in some kind of weird mask with cat makeup on silver cat looked I thought she looked amazing. she looked fantastic, she looked fucking terrifying, which is yeah, obviously the I've key
0: got, I've got that down. I've got she sort always get the shelvers when I was a kid
1: yeah she's she's a scary looking woman, anyway, she came down to the ring, um, she was expecting a match with sapphire, sapphire did not come to the ring um. Her music hit about four times. Um, Eventually she was counted out and Sherry won the match by forfeit. Um, We went backstage then and Gene Oakland was talking to uh, Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes went, I saw her and now I don't know where she is. And then the best cameo in a promo ever. I was just going to see that. Oh, my God. So Dusty Rose has gone, I've searched high, I've searched low. I'm asking bouncers where she's gone. And then Jim Duggan walks into frame and goes, I can't find her either. And then walks off again. It's... Just, <laughs> oh, my God.
0: <laughs> just, why are you there, Jim? That's just... Just randomly walking around with his Joe you know uh, would have been amazing. Exactly.
1: With his two before, which is amazing. Joe you know would have been even better if that was his only appearance on the pay per view. I know. That would have been amazing if he'd have got paid for just walking in going, I haven't seen her either. And then just walking on. Oh, just absolutely sensational.
0: There was the, um, the Mean Gene, um, the Heenan and thingy promo as well after their match. Yes, Bobby Heenan's just completely gone crazy. He can't even get his words out. He's he so angry.
1: he's so angry, and then he says it was a dodgy three count. you like, yeah, it wasn't there? Was he? he grabbed the tight? No, he he didn't at all. <laughs> he's like every sort of excuse he's trying to come up with. Exactly. Um, then we cut to the Warlord <laughs> in the ring. For those who don't know what the Warlord looks like, or the Warlord looks like, sorry. Imagine if Stone Cold Steve Austin had had a starring role in Flash Gordon that is what the warlord looks like
0: you know what i've got written down go on i've got haha the warlord uh looks like a uh, pumped up steve austin he does
1: he looks like a real, like a 1950s star trek villain it's yeah. just absolutely atrocious shite um and when he was in a tag team with the Barbarian, he sort of hid the fact that he was an absolutely wank wrestler. Yeah. But in this match, I mean, he's even in there with Tito Santana. T- he had the job as entrance. Tito Santana ran down, huge pop, which was amazing because Tito Santana was extremely underrated. Um, and then the Warlord's offense um, was... Pick him up the throne. Just simply turning Tito Santana around and punching him in the back.
0: I mean, Tito Santana was pulling like drop kicks and sort of trying all sorts of stuff. Drop kicked him out of the
1: ring at one point, which was yeah. about as athletic as the Warlord got. I'm actually surprised he made it out of the ring. Uh, but literally, the Warlord, apart from the finish, the only thing he did, and bearing in mind this match was five minutes long, all the Warlord did was slap Tito Santana in the back or attempt to, and I put this in inverted commas. Club him
0: in the back. It was just like throw him and get a couple of power power slams.
1: Well, that was what eventually led to the finish. The finish was obviously after the Warlord power slammed um, Tito Santana for the victory. But it's just like,
0: What I didn't get is Tito gets the proper entrance. Warlord wins the match.
1: Yeah, it it makes no sense. I understand that this was obviously you know Vince loves big sweaty men. Yeah.
0: Um, and obviously, and he was,
1: was just, jacked to the nines.
0: He was. It was just t- before um, Tito went through the all El Matador
1: gimmick, Oh, God, I forgot about El Matador.
0: Where um, he sort of just... He, he went through a sort of Randy Orton period where he just couldn't give a toss anymore. But to be fair,
1: he lost so many times. Uh-huh. You know, I don't really blame him. Um, you know, he could have easily been in our... Uh, top ten or five count of people who never won the WWE championship.
0: Oh yeah, he was he was fantastic. Amazing. Absolutely brilliant. And, I mean this was sort of later on in his career as well. Exactly. And he's
1: jobbing out to the warlord who just you know <laughs> gently massages his back with punches. Um, and after this, holy shit Oh my god. Right. So we talked about the fact that the warlord was jacked, okay? This match, which was the WWF tag team two out of three falls match between the current champions, Demolition, who had just had their new member, um, Axe, not Axe. Just before the
0: match. Crush. They had a, a promo where Smash, I don't know what he'd been smoking.
1: He was he was licking well, his lips che- a lot. Chewing his face off. He was, and just seemed to be moving around. And he seemed to be transitioning into Repo Man in front of our eyes, it was just like, oh my God. If you don't know, if you watch this promo and you don't know which of the members of Demolition actually turns into Repo Man, which is fair enough, watch this and it will be instantly obvious which one is Repo Man. Um, so they have a promo with them and say, you know, oh, it's good that we've confused the Heart Foundation with which one of us is going to be in, you know, in the match. Uh, they come down to the ring wearing gimp masks, and <laughs> um, and it's obviously crush and smash. But Vince yeah. says, "Oh, good, it's the original pairing of demolition." Yeah. It's like it's fucking not. <laughs> They've got masks got on, head. and I They've can tell head. that Vince. Jesus,
0: and like crushes like a couple of feet. Exactly, than it's there.
1: not even like that because he's hair, for God's sake. Anyway, they come down to the ring. While they're coming down the ring, we have a promo with Bret Hart and Jim Neidhart. So whatever smash you've been smoking, whatever smash you've been smoking, Jim Neidhart had eaten it all. Because honestly, I love Jim Neidhart. Honestly.
0: I I do, but he scares the shit out of us.
1: You would not want to go on a night out with Jim Neidhart because he would drink you under the table and then um, keep going. That's
0: what Piper says, doesn't
1: he? Jesus Christ. You wouldn't want to go home
0: and meet meet him as a as your girlfriend's dad all
1: he did, all he did was say two words, laugh maniacally stroke his goatee, say two <laughs> words laugh maniacally, stroke his goatee that was all he did is like um, a villain? He did, yes and then you've got Bret Hart, even at one point Bret Hart even said, right, calm down Jim now okay, just put a hand on your shoulder okay Jim, just calm down now <laughs> um, but honestly, this match was tons of fun, I really really enjoyed this, Um a demolition came out on top to start off with. Got the first fall but, after hitting uh, Bret Hart with I've the Demolition
0: Decapitation. have got to mention uh, Bret Hart's uh, Phil Collins reference in his promo. Yes. Oh my god!
1: <laughs> Two hearts that beat as one. I couldn't. I couldn't stop laughing. I believe my exact words were, "Oh, you massive vagina." <laughs> I believe that was my exact terminology to myself on my own whilst I was watching it. I was like, "For fuck's sake, Brett!" <laughs> Jesus, I know you're not very good on the mic, but good God, we are two hearts beating as one. <laughs> while Jim Hart giggles away like a fucking stoned idiot, <laughs> it's
0: just like it's, it is just like the clown's running the party. Isn't
1: it? it is. It was. It was like everyone had been invited to a stoners party. It was just, it was amazing, and then they all realized they had to go to work, and they were all trying to desperately to look sober. It was amazing. Just I, it, I didn't give a shit what happened in this match because of just how good those opening promos were, and that's nothing to the one after the match. Oh my god! Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> anyway, so first pinfall goes to Demolition. Um, Bret Hart is isolated away from Jim, hit with the Demolition decapitation, which sounds a lot cooler than it is. Because all that is is Bret Hart was like stretched across a knee, and they came off the top rope and hit him with an axe handle, and that that was the finisher.
0: What watching this like it sort of reminds us that Crush was actually really good. Yeah, he was.
1: He was definitely more mobile.
0: Uh Um, Like technically, he was quite good. Like he was quite sort of believable.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think he gets a bit of a raw deal because they just say, oh, he was lumped with demolition. It, yeah. It's a raw deal. He was an all-right wrestler, and obviously he went on to feud with Randy Savage and less famously Doink. But, <laughs> you know, he wasn't he wasn't a terrible wrestler.
0: Um, Bret Hart in this match was like showing just why he got to the level he got to.
1: Yeah, that Sunset Flip powerbomb was amazing. Yeah. Just Bret Hart was light years in front crispness. of where wrestling everything,
0: was. Uh, yeah, everything was so crisp and, again, just believable.
1: Yeah, like I say, he even more than Sean, because obviously Sean was still in a tag team at this point, and a, a lesser known tag team to a certain extent. Brett just everything he's like I say, everything he did was so crisp. Everything he did was on the nose. There was a reason he did it, and he sold beautifully. And that, you know, he continued to be worn down after this first four. Eventually Neidhart got tagged in and they hit uh, Smash. With the heart attack, yep. I believe, which is still a fucking brilliant move. Yeah, one of the best. Why does else moves. really uses it? Yeah, it's. I'm sure there's been variations of it, but it's such an awesome move. It really is. Obviously, that um,
0: levelled it up. Um, he had a really good spot where um Brett was on his own in the ring. I think he had Crush in the corner, and he jumped off him into smash, and started giving him a, sort of the punches on the floor, and then. I think then did Jim come in and pick him
1: up and slam him into somebody? I was gonna say that. Basically, one of the one of Demolition was on the floor, I can't remember who it was, and Jim Nightheart picked up Brett Hart in like an inverted power slam, which meant that all the way down on the power slam you saw Brett's face. And <laughs> Brett's face was, What the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> Where am I going? And then just Jim smashes him on top of um I think it was Smash again. Yeah. Anyway, during all this, um, Axe, the third member of uh, Demolition. The dad. Yeah, the dad, who's basically seen that his two sons are being beaten the shit out of, comes to ringside, hides under the ring, which is brilliant. Um, Smash gets knocked out of the ring. Axe takes his place. Um, and obviously, he's well-rested, hasn't been in the match, uses power. Um, but that will not stand with a certain tag team. And that certain tag team is the Legion of Fucking Doom. who poppers up. But i like that's unreal. <laughs> the camera work, that cameraman yeah. should be fired instantly. Because the pop, you hear the pop and you're like, what the hell is going on? And it takes a good the, uh, four or five seconds for them to pan to the ramp, where the Legion of Doom are in the process of already taking off their shoulder pads. Because
0: you see the crowd sort of stand up and look to the yeah. sort of right, don't you?
1: And you can't you can't do justice to this pop. And I'm sure that the pop was louder if you were there. Um, oh, yeah. but obviously Legion of Doom came out pulled Axe out from underneath the ring Smash gets distracted um, Heart and Nidart were able to take advantage of this Pink Rush and become the new WWF Tag Team Champions now I am jumping the gun slightly here because obviously this was later on but I want to talk about the promo after the match now the promo <laughs> after the match was the Legion of Doom now the Legion of Doom for me have never been the greatest on the microphone. I think that's fair to say. No, it's just intense. Intense, Garth? <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> I felt like they were going to kill me, and I'm in the future. <laughs> basically, what happened was, um, in quite a nice way, whoever was interviewing, I think it was Gene Oakland, yeah, Um good. was just asking them very, very nicely, so uh, what's, what's next for the Legion Oops. of Doom? Animal took the microphone. Good God. You'd think he was shouting over the top of a jet. He just yelled into the camera and then said, what do you think, Hawk? And then Hawk did the exact same thing. And as though this wasn't enough testosterone in the room, Bret Hart and Jim Neidhart appeared and just stood in front of them. (laughs) Jim Neidhart doing that stupid maniacal laugh and Bret Hart just nodding and just stroking their belts saying they'll take on all comers. Animal tries about four times to say a word and Jim Neidhart keeps cutting him off, which is amazing. Hawk just reaches round the front of Jim Neidhart and just pulls on his beard. <laughs> it is the weirdest, weirdest post-match promo I've ever seen. I urge anyone to go and watch it. It's
0: incredible. This is, this is why I fell in love with wrestling as a kid. was just, It was just, th- it was it was just, just so aggressive. Just shouting. Yeah. It was, oh, Obviously, the Legion of Doom looked absolutely just fucking mental.
1: Yeah, they did. They did. Um, however, this moved on to um an That's... odd stipulation match. Let's put it that way. I don't even know what the stipulation was for this match. Um, it was Jake Roberts.
0: Bring your pets to work. Yeah,
1: day. it was effectively a bring your pets to work day. Now, I'm not entirely sure was Damian Jake Roberts' tag team partner. Was this a tag team match? Was Bad News Brown's tag team partner the weird Harlem sewer rats? I don't know. (laughs) Basically, what it was, was I've got a better pet than you. You know when you're at school and your mate's got a dog, so you've automatically got to try and outdo him. So you're like, well, I've got a cow. (laughs) you know. And then your mate's like, yeah, well, I've got a giraffe. And just basically what's happened is Jake has got Damien, his boa constrictor, and... Um, Bad News Brown has basically said, well, do you know what? Well, I've got some rats. And they cut, because obviously they both had um, a pre-match promo. Uh, Jake's was, again, fantastic because he's yeah, just so, so he's so Samoa Joe. Um, and they cut in on Bad News Brown's, they lifted the uh, the cover on the box of rats, and there there was a soul,
0: a, s- a soul stuffed a rat. Tr- oh, that was just... You notice the snake was trying to strangle him. Yes, throughout the promo, the <laughs> tail just
1: kept going round Jake's face and Jake eventually just lost his temper and just launched the tail out of his face. <laughs> but yeah, those rats. Fucking oh. hell. Jesus Christ, they weren't even close to looking real. And there was one of them. So it wasn't Harlem Sewer Rats. Containing 200 pounds of Harlem Sewer Rats, they said, apparently. <laughs> that was the last time we saw them. Yep, we never saw them. Um, The match itself genuinely wasn't that bad.
0: It was um,
1: you know, Jake Roberts was really good in the ring. This was Bad News Brown's last televised match.
0: Yeah, it was like totally sort of towards the end. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ, he was stiff. He was. He was very, very stiff. Um but he'd come from like a proper combat background. I am sure he won a medal for judo. Madden.
1: I'm sure he had like
0: an Olympic medal for judo or something.
1: Madam, we might have to check that out. I'm not entirely sure. Um But yeah, Jake continued to try and perform the DDT. Brown was arguing with Big Boss Man, who was introduced and was obviously the guest referee. Not the last time we'll see Big Boss Man tonight. Um, Brown hits Roberts with a chair, but Big (laughs) Boss Man wasn't looking. Jake goes for the DDT again. Yeah, Jake's Jake's selling is fantastic. I love Jake Roberts. He's incredible. Um, Goes for the DDT again. His back body dropped. Um, Brown then takes him to the outside again, hits him with a chair again. Big Boss Man does the most nonchalant disqualification I've ever seen. Just (laughs) sort of gently sort of gestures at the timekeeping area and just goes, yeah, cancelled. And that was it. Um, In his anger, and I can't begin to describe how I felt when I saw this, Damien was in a bag at ringside, as he often is when uh, Jake Roberts was wrestling. Um, Bad News Brown in his fury at this match being thrown out, decided to drag the snake into the middle of the ring, still in the bag, and decide to leg drop it, which was just, what the fuck is going on here? (laughs) But luckily, thank the Lord, Big Bossman managed to pull the snake out of the way. Um, But then, Bad News Brown turns around, attacks Big Bossman, Jake gets Damien out, throws (laughs) Damien, literally lobs this massive python, at Bad News Brown who's like, fuck this shit rolls out of the ring and literally just walks out with his arms up in the air as though to go, fuck this.
0: He just legitimately shits
1: himself. Yeah, I think I would to be perfectly honest. Boss
0: boss man's quick out there as well.
1: I I think I would be. That snake looks legitimately pissed, which I think I would be as well.
0: But then like Jake Roberts just picks it up, slams it into the bag.
1: Yeah, get in there. <laughs> get in there. Um what followed next was the Brother Love Show, I'm not going to talk oh, about this because I skipped it. Shite. I'll be honest, I completely it skipped shot. it. It was used it is, to start a feud between Nikolai Volkov and Sergeant Slaughter, and I don't care. Yeah. Um, so, this led into a match that I wish I hadn't seen. Um, yeah. Basically, it started with Jim Duggan and the newly faced Nikolai Volkov singing God Bless America in what can all be described as drunken pub tones. Yeah, totally. Um You'd expect, basically, once the World Cup's on, you hear people singing three lines on a shirt. That's pretty much how the rendition they gave us of God Bless America. Um, They were then attacked by the Orient Express, who they would be facing in this match, with their manager, Mr. Fuji. Loved Mr. Fuji. Absolutely loved him. Um, All four men brawled in the ring for a bit. Um, They prevented Duggan from being tagged into the match. Um, I think Fuji hits Volkov with his cane. And then eventually Duggan gets tagged in, massive pop from the crowd, USA, USA, Ooh. and what what followed was, you know, when you get, you know, you're hot tagging, you're expecting big moves. No, no, <laughs> no. What happened was there were several clotheslines. Uh, Volkov and Duggan Irish whipped the two Orient Express members into each other, and then <laughs> Duggan, from a three point stand, just thinking, fucking hell, shit's getting down here. From a three-point stance in the corner, it's the corner finisher in WWE 2K18. He's waiting, <laughs> and it was a clothesline.
0: Yeah, that was his, that was his finisher. I mean, it was it was an alright clothesline. The guy took it well.
1: Yeah, I can't remember which one it was. Whether it was Tanaka or Sato, but okay. Apparently, that is now a finisher because it wasn't even like JBL's clothesline from Hell, which looks like it legitimately legitimately broke vertebrae. This was just it, it, it was a again it was a love
0: tap. It, all it was, was <coughs> the whole match was just, a sort of pro USA, like sort of for the troops and all that sort of thing. It was, because obviously it was when the sort of Gulf, sort of war stuff was happening.
1: Roddy Piper does reference that actually.
0: Yeah, and it's just that's all it was. I mean, Jim Duggan was like the perfect person for that sort of thing.
1: He was like a he was like Sam Eagle in the Muppets. Yeah. <laughs> um. I'm glad you've mentioned that, actually, because... And I have spoke to you about this briefly before we came on air. Um, throughout this show were adverts for WrestleMania 7, uh, which would take place in March at the LA Coliseum. Now, again, this was in March. The pay-per-view that we were watching took place in August, which means there was seven months between the two shows. Survivor Series was advertised once. WrestleMania... <laughs> was advertised five times. Now, obviously, the show did not take place at the LA Coliseum. In the end, they moved it because, you know, and I quote, fears for safety because it was WrestleMania 7, which was the storyline between Hulk Hogan and the Iraqi sympathizer, Sergeant Slaughter, <laughs> because wrestling, um, and nobody wanted to go, basically, so they had to move it to us uh, smaller venue
0: yeah.
1: Um, seven months so seven months beforehand so that's like us at SummerSlam getting adverts for Wrestlemania 35 it just wouldn't yeah. happen but again you know there isn't pay-per-views every month that we've got to sit through I suppose in the 90s there was what SummerSlam Survivor Series the Rumble, Rumble. and Mania yeah the Big Four that was it yeah. and you might have the odd wrestling classic or something like that or a super show or something like that Yeah. Um this led into a match between Dusty Rhodes and the Macho King Randy Savage.
0: Such good promo macho man's I don't think I've ever seen
1: a bad macho man promo to be fair. He
0: was playing heel, obviously, like Macho King. So he's up on his throne.
1: His throne looked so shit though. It (laughs) looks so bad. It just looks like this wooden thing that someone's cobbled together. Shit, we needed to get Randy a chair. Did anyone get Randy a chair? No. Well, here's a crate. Let's cut a hole in it, and he can sit in it.
0: We'll spray it gold.
1: Yeah, we'll spray it gold. It'll look fine, and it didn't look fine. Obviously, he was came to the ring with sensational Sherry uh, before the match could um, begin. Ted DiBiase comes to like oh, I love ringside love Ted DiBiase. Uh, He came with Virgil. Uh, His promo didn't start too well because they didn't put his microphone on. (laughs) So we missed half of what he said, but it turns out that he had purchased the aforementioned missing Sapphire. He'd bought her. Sweet Sapphire. Sweet Sapphire, yes, of course. Uh, Rhodes, infuriated by this, started walking down the aisle towards DiBiase and was then attacked by Savage, who then controlled, and again, inverted commas, the rest of the match, <laughs> um, he, Sherry gave um, Randy Savage her purse, which contained a miscellaneous object. Um, I'd love to know what it was. Well, I think we'd all like to know what it was. To be perfectly honest, it was something that could floor. Um, a Bag of cork. Well, yeah. Well, it could have been. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> floor Dusty Rhodes and Randy Savage walked away with the victory. It was shit. It was. It was. Yeah. It was a bad, bad match. Uh, it's, in just fact, a, it's just
0: a way to get them on the, the, the pay-per-view, wasn't yeah, it?
1: Yeah, exactly. You can't have a pay-per-view without Macho Man Randy Savage. And you, when you've got Dusty Rhodes, for God's sake, you need to be you need to have him in that match.
0: And the fans are still in it. The fans are going mental
1: for it. Randy Savage, of course they were. Randy Savage yeah. in the 90s. I will just say that um this got given by online onslaught Adam Gutschmidt. I've written this down, okay. And I quote, this is the reception, writing for Online Onslaught, Adam Gutschmidt felt that the event had some humorous moments, but did not offer a solid card of wrestling. He enjoyed the match between the Hart Foundation and Demolition. He rated the Bad News Brown versus Jake Roberts and Orient Express versus Jim Duggan and Nikolai Volkov matches as duds. He gave the Randy Savage and Dusty Rhodes match negative one star. (laughs) Oh, oh, right. Okay. (laughs) It was it was a poor match, ladies and gentlemen. It was a very, very oh, poor match. Just a filler, yeah. Um Now at this point now we move into the semi main event. this was billed as a a joint main event. And the first one was gonna be Hulk Hogan with um the big boss man taking on Earthquake with Dino Bravo and Jimmy Hart. Earthquake delivered a promo. Um <laughs> You know what I'm gonna say, don't you? And yeah. the entirety of his promo, which is about four or five minutes, he didn't stand still. Just like on the topes. on the spot, just pacing. It was so <laughs> it was so distracting. And also, he'd like got like a lump in his tights, <laughs> which was ri- not not that kind of lump. Grow up, um, <laughs> <laughs> but like ju- just above his stomach. It was it was bizarre. It was very very bizarre, and it just. Just completely took me out of his promo. Um <laughs> they had
0: like so, um what do you call him, um Dino Bravo sort of spilling something. <laughs> <laughs> Miscellaneous. Yeah, and then uh Jimmy Hart just screaming
1: <laughs> <laughs> Um I mean this match this match was okay. Um Hogan's
0: promo was amazing though. Hogan's just honestly I was watching it and I I was literally sit, like sitting there thinking to myself I'm getting so pumped for this. You <laughs> just <'Cause laughs> gotta Hogan say those magic
1: words. words brother.
0: Where he's like sort of talking about um, him and the boss man. What, what was it he said? Um, oh, uh, Judge Bossman or something like that.
1: Oh, God. Yeah. He, Honestly, he, if he's fired up, you know, he gets other people fired up. I, I mean, that's why he's the face of the company, I suppose. Um, earthquake had attacked Hogan. Um, a couple of weeks prior. And then he'd attacked Tugboat, I believe. Hit them both yeah. with earthquake splashes. And this had led to this match. Um, earthquake dominated to start off with. Absolutely dominated. Power slammed Hogan. Um, locked him in a Boston Crab. But, that Boston Crab was really good. It was, it was. It was cinched in for fucking ages as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, Hogan tries to lift Earthquake but can't, which is hilarious considering he'd body slammed Andre the Giant a couple of years <laughs> earlier. Um, Earth- I think
0: it's because they were saying he sort of still had bad ribs or something.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. I missed that bit. Yeah. From the Earthquake splash before that makes sense yeah. now. But it just it made me laugh because I was like, really, Hogan? Really? Was,
0: did you Did you notice when he when Hogan came out and obviously him and Bossman got absolutely massive pops, but um, he's just gobbed on the oh, Earthquake. God. Just spat over the rope on him. Jesus
1: Christ. Um, Hogan. <laughs> basically, Earthquake had three moves. Um, one of them was a power slam which he utilised a lot. A lot of body slams, a lot of power slams. Uh, hits two Earthquake splashes on Hogan. But Hogan, being super Hogan, obviously kicks out. Earthquake it's does classy. not get the pinfall. Um, Hogan the, the, recovers. The, the crowd at that point. Crowd was electric. It's just eating it up. This show, this this match, shows you what it was like, peak Hogan. Yeah. When everyone was behind Hogan, when everyone was a Hulkamania, when Pastamania was a thing, <laughs> you know, this shows you why. You know, you wonder why Roman Reigns isn't over now, or you think, you know, oh, well, it's alright, any reaction's a good reaction. You know, oh, you nah. look at Cena in his later years, no. This is what it's like to be the face of a company. Hogan was just everyone. Everyone loved Hogan. Everyone wanted to be Hogan. Everyone was behind Hogan. And Earthquake was a legitimate heel. He was booed. He did his oh, job yeah. really, really well. Um, Did a leg drop on Earthquake, but Jimmy Hart interfered. Um, Obviously, Jimmy Hart weighs about the same as I do, and I do not weigh a lot. Um, But Hogan threw him out of the ring, body slammed Earthquake onto a table, at ringside didn't it didn't break <laughs> looked extremely painful um
0: not one of those gimmick tables it was not
1: one of those gimmick tables no 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 and when you consider just how hefty earthquake was um you know you can tell that it was not a gimmick to table um <laughs> anyway so earthquake was laid out on the outside didn't get back in didn't meet the uh 10 count hogan did hogan won via count out a fairly serviceable match. Earthquake came back, attacked Hogan after the match. Um,
0: there was a chair shots. Was it a chair or some ladders? The ones that Big
1: Boss Man did at the end. Yeah. Yes. Fucking hell. They were clattering. Honestly, I'm surprised Earthquake walked out of it. I know. Um, but yeah, Big Box Boss Man, as you've alluded to, a saved Hogan at the end uh, by hitting Earthquake with a chair. It was a good match. I enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, that, this is one that, from being a kid, I always remember because I always remember. Hogan kicking out, because I remember watching it live. So it would have been like two o'clock in the morning. I would have been about ten. With me next to me, been both of us jumping out of our chairs because <laughs> Hogan kicked out. And then I remember, I always remember that the shots to the back of um, earthquake and thinking that that hurt must hurt so much because there's those massive cuts on his back. <laughs> and it's just, I just they, obviously this was before I knew it was. Not all sort of predetermined. I'm not going to say fake because it's not fake. Well, no. Um, but it's before I knew all that. So I was like totally in. I was just hundred percent sold.
1: I mean, what big boss man? Speaking of big boss man, did you prefer face big boss man or heel big boss man? <sighs> probably, probably the heel. Yeah, I think I, think I preferred heel big boss man because he seemed to do more. There was always so much, really, you can do with a face big boss man. When it's... he was
0: face boss man, he was always sort of he always like like well, for instance, here he always seemed to be like sort of backing somebody up or like being the sort of guy to get revenge for somebody. He was never the guy, was he? No. But then when he came back as sort of boss man, after a stint he... in WCW, and there uh, obviously attacked uh, Big Show's. Oh sure. God!
1: Oh Jesus Christ! I <laughs> forgot about that. I mean, let's face it. Big Bossman has been has taken part in some of the world's worst matches. Obviously, he was part of the Kennel in Hell, Kennel from Hell match. He was part of the Hanging match. Oh Jesus Christ! Poor
0: Bossman. The, j- the Jailbird match. The
1: Jailbird <laughs> match. Oh Jesus Christ! The poor bloke. He went through a lot, didn't he, for our entertainment. Um, anyway, that led us to our actual main event, which was a steel cage finally, match.
0: Oh, go on, sorry. When we got to the, when we got to it after the 15 minutes of Hulk Hogan celebrating in the ring.
1: Yes, yes. Hulk Hogan <laughs> knew how to milk a crowd, and Jesus Christ, you'd think he'd won the title. Um, Bossman
0: wouldn't let him leave.
1: No, it was just like, fuck's sake, just go. We've got a match to do. We need to lower the cage.
0: Got warrior.
1: Um, well it's not like uh, Warrior took any time getting to the ring is it Jesus no. um, yeah this the led to <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got champion World, Red- World Wrestling Federation World Champion Ultimate Warrior taking on Rick Rude accompanied by Bobby Heenan and
0: it was a steel cage match and it was average before this we had another Hogan interview
1: I skipped that I'll be honest <laughs>
0: I, w- I wanted to bring it up because it's so good. Oh, I missed <laughs> Cause he, it, no.
1: Because
0: he talks about uh, jumping on his Harley. He talks about um, going out and buying the biggest surfboard and he's going to go surfing. Oh, <laughs> Jesus
1: Christ. And he talks about
0: all the Hulkamaniacs and all that. But then he, at the end of the promo, he puts his arms up as if he's riding his Harley. He just sort of rides off the screen. Oh, no.
1: <laughs> oh, no. Oh, we expected so much better of you, Hulk Hogan. I loved it. Fucking hell. <laughs> he said watch it. Oh, I'm going to go back and watch it now. I'm... Oh, Jesus.
0: He's so pumped, it's unbelievable as well. Uh, while like, we're talking about... A match.
1: Sorry, while we're talking about promos, we missed this out. Can we talk for a moment? We'll get on to the main event in a minute. Can we talk about Sensational Sherry's promo after that match? Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You know when we say about how... Um, if you go that high-pitched, only dogs can hear you. <laughs> Fucking hell. There was one point and where she just screams and you cannot tell what she says. And then she just breaks down laughing. And she just breaks down laughing and said, if I, if what I have heard is true, and the bloke who's interviewing her says, why, what have you heard? And then just cue two minutes of screaming and laughing.
0: Just so- totally incoherent, just... It- that is the best way to describe it. it was completely incoherent. She's obviously came from the same party that um smashes that.
1: Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I half expect to start licking lips and acting like Repo Man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. This cage match, average, I'll be perfectly honest. Um It was yeah,
0: it was I mean, it, it was it was a big deal at the time. It was, and I think really it was made
1: better than it had any right to be by the fact that Rick Rude was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I love Rick Rude and yeah. can I just point out he did what I always wonder why people don't do in cage matches Warrior misses um a splash early on and Rude whilst Warriors like selling the fact that he's missed a splash just tries to scamper up the cage yeah. which is exactly what people should do in a cage
0: match I think um, what helped this is um I think at the time Rude was one of the only people that really sort of got on with Warrior
1: I don't blame. we'd
0: yeah, I... been friends before. So he obviously wanted to, to put a good match on.
1: I mean Warrior was notoriously difficult to work with, and especially if you listen to wrestlers who are shooting on him on taking his finisher.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, and they're saying he did not give a rat's ass about people's safety, he would just land on you and it would hurt like fuck. Um you know, I'm not surprised that there were you know. Few people actually willing to work with him. And, you know, on the back of this, you know, Warrior was champion at the time, but he wasn't drawing as a champion. Yeah. Um, you know, you you talked about the massive pop that Hulk Hogan got. You talk about the massive pop that a heel, Randy Savage, was getting. And Warrior still got a massive pop, but people weren't paying money to go and see him. This was the worst-bought some SummerSlam out of the opening seven SummerSlams. Bloody hell. And bearing in mind this was the third incarnation. I think SummerSlam started eighty eight, didn't it? <laughs> this was the worst one for seven years, in the opening seven years. And I think a lot of that, not all of it, because that's unfair to say, but I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that the Ultimate Warrior wasn't drawing as a champion. Mm. Um and, you know, you can say, well, why was he not drawing as a champion? His moveset was extremely limited, and as a wrestler, yeah. he
0: was extremely and again, limited. I think Hogan was still there. Didn't help. He wasn't his so, shadow. And Hogan wasn't champion? No. So he wasn't a headliner. He wasn't, well, technically it's just a sort of double main event, but he wasn't main eventing. He wasn't sort of the marquee at the time anymore. No. Sort of, they were really sort of push Warrior. Um,. I think that's, I think I don't know, it I, I remember reading I mean a few years ago now about the fact that at the time as well it was a big transition on the actual fan base. Yeah. You had a lot more um a lot more kids wanting to be involved. Um but the obviously didn't have what they had in place now, like with the merchandise and stuff. But no. a lot of pe a lot of people started tape trading as well. Mm-hmm. Which wasn't wasn't something that was happening before, but the tape trading thing, like VHss and stuff, really yeah. sort of added the, the sort of income on the pay per views,
1: which it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, we should ourselves very lucky. We've got access to what we've got, you Not know, everything. Yeah, whack on the network, you can watch whatever you want. But you're right; it was a transition for a lot of people, and you know, a lot of people were used to seeing Hogan as a champion, and obviously mm-hmm. he wasn't. He wasn't even main eventing here. Um, um, this
0: match, though, I mean, <laughs> like Rick Rude's criminally underused and under sort of appreciated in WWE. Baffling. I F mean, WWE.
1: as a as a heel, he was brilliant. He he managed to eventually hit the Rude Awakening, um, but then instead of actually trying to escape the cage, just carried on battering the Warrior, yeah. which was brilliant. as his heel. <laughs> yeah, jumping off the top of the cage, which you know fit in with his heel character
0: perfectly. I, lo- I loved his a. Uh... His promo as well at the beginning. His promo was really good. The Pennsylvania Pissant. <laughs> <laughs> I'd forgotten about that. Why have I not written that down? That's that's where, something um, I should have written down. The, um, where um, he's trying to crawl out the cage and Warrior just pulls his kegs down. <laughs> and then he tries to escape the cage again
1: and Heenan's hanging on to one end of what Rick Rude, trying to pull him out of the cage, and Warrior's holding on to his legs and trying to drag him back, and eventually pulls Rude and Heenan into the cage.
0: Yeah, oh, that's so good. The it's
1: amazing. Bit. Slaps Heenan, uh, throws him out of the cage. Um, Then... <sighs> I
0: talked well, the, about... The, the, the smashes into the, the actual cage themselves were pretty forceful. I mean, they the were. The cage was Almost coming off. It was.
1: And to be honest, again, that sort of added to it for me. Um, But then what that added for me was quickly taken away when the the finish to the match came. And again, it was something that I spoke to you about before we came on air. And this was a huge reason why I couldn't enjoy an Ultimate Warrior match. It was (laughs) three clotheslines, And then a gorilla press drop. Yep. And that took Rude out of the match enough for Warrior to climb over the cage and drop to the arena floor, which obviously meant that he retained the world championship. But this was a 10-minute match. 10 minutes. And, you know, when you consider a lot of it was either Um, Warrior climbing... Or Warrior dropping down. Yeah, or then falling on the floor. And then falling on the floor. You know, that's a sub-10-minute main event for the World Championship in a cage match, which includes Rick Rude.
0: That's why the Warrior never
1: did long matches. He was very, very, very limited as a performer. Yeah.
0: And I know that... It's it's crazy because, I, like, if that was now, I would look at that and I will think that's crap. But as a kid, it was... To pun, to sort of coin the rocks pun, it was like the most electrifying thing you ever saw.
1: Yeah, it's. Di- I'm not saying obviously watching it from 2018's eyes is very different to watching it in the 1990s.
0: Yeah, you know,
1: absolutely. So, you know, it's different watching a pay per view live than it is watching it on TV. You know, it's just it's different. And obviously, I wasn't watching wrestling in the 90s, or at least in the <laughs> ninety in 1990. Um, so. <laughs> my my first real exposure to wrestling was Kane. You know, in 1998-1999
0: I was a grizzled veteran. By you now.
1: were you you have in my head you have always been a grizzled veteran. Um, I can't imagine you any less anything less than a grizzled veteran. Fresh faced, optimistic
0: <laughs> wrestling fan. Um,
1: but yeah, so it's it's a different product it it was a different product in 1999 to how it is now and it certainly was a different product from in 1999 than how it was in 1990 and it's different watching pay-per-views like this like you know i've watched so much more since we've done the podcast i've watched so much mm-hmm. more old wrestling we watched <laughs> i watched survivor series 1993 um which was shit um i watched <laughs> i watched wrestlemania 10 which was you know the best and yeah. the worst of 90s wrestling. So, you know, it's different watching it now. The product is very different. But, I mean, if I was to give this a rating out of five... Oh, God. Um, for me, it would be two and a half, three. Yeah, um, I couldn't give it... Any, I mean, three, for me, is being generous. And the reason it's getting two and a half I'm going to give it two and a half. A lot of that is because of Hogan and Earthquake, which was a decent match, and um, the Heart Foundation and Demolition, which again was a very, very good match. Best match of the night by a mile. Um, I was let down by the main event, um, as you can probably tell by the fact that I'm just not enthused about the main event at all. (laughs) Just the sheer amount of squashes... Yeah, um, just pointless matches the Warlord and Tito Santana for example um, the Sensational Sherry match didn't even fucking happen um, the entire bullshit with uh, Randy Savage and Dusty Rhodes it just it seems to be, and you, you alluded to this earlier when you said that it was just an excuse to try and get everyone possible on the card mm-hmm. um, which it was and I don't think it benefited the wrestling at all do you agree?
0: I would give it more only because of the history that I have with it and the fact that it was the first ever.
1: Of nostalgia. It was my... Absolutely.
0: Yeah, obviously. That's it. Like, it's massively rose tinted. But just as a, as a sort of event on its own, I probably would just go two and a half, three. Yeah. Because the, there's not enough really good matches. There isn't. I mean, the the bad outweighs the good um, quite considerably, really. But I mean, I still enjoyed what I still enjoyed it. I mean,
1: I always enjoyed promos, watching nineties wrestling.
0: The promos are just crazy, um, and it's I don't know. It's always I always enjoy going back and watching those wrestlers that I grew up watching. Yeah, it's crazy. It's weird because <laughs> obviously most of them are dead now. God,
1: um, right, bloody hell, that brought the tone down Garth
0: God, God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I I do know what you mean, obviously, but... I was watching, I was I was actually saying like it's like the amount of people that aren't here now on oh, that card Jesus, is yeah. just
1: insane. It was like when we looked at WrestleMania 10. Yeah and we looked at the amount of people that were no longer with us, it was absolutely criminal.
0: Um but, um, but I mean like I say this is this was literally my first ever wrestling pay-per-view. I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure it
1: was. I feel bad for slating it now. Um,
0: uh, I'm still giving it two and a half stars, though. (laughs) I'm still giving it two and a half. I'll give it three and a half, half a star for nostalgia. (laughs) Wow, okay. All right,
1: so we disagree on this one. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, So, Garth, I'm sure you are wondering what pay-per-view I've got in store for you. Well, surprise me. um, we've done 90s now. So, yeah. I feel like we should bring it a little bit more modern. Um, <laughs> not that I don't love not 90s back last wrestling. Pardon?
0: Not Backlash 2017.
1: It's it? not Backlash 2017. <laughs> I would not touch that shitstorm with a barge ball. <laughs> uh, <laughs> any, any show where the main event is Jinder Mahal versus uh, Randy Orton, I would never want to touch ever, ever, <laughs> ever. Um, no, with Money in the Bank coming, obviously, um, I am going to go for a Money in the Bank pay-per-view. I think it's appropriate. Um, sure. and for me this is one of the best Money in the Bank shows top to bottom I'm not saying it's the best show I'm saying that it is definitely one of the best Money in the Bank shows because what I've found with Money in the Bank as a pay per view is that the matches for the briefcase have always really really good and then yeah. the other matches are a bit shit Yeah. so what I'm going for is Money in the Bank 2016 now, this included. Uh, is that the one with the headbutt? Uh, I, yeah, I think you're thinking about the WrestleMania, actually, thinking about oh, it. Right. Um, this is a card that includes uh, Rusev taking on Titus O'Neil for the United States <laughs> Championship and wow. that weird, weird kiss on the lips that Titus took his lips to his son. Um, AJ Styles against John Cena. Um, oh, yes, yes. Baron Corman versus Dolph Ziggler. Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns. And then, of course, the ladder match, which has Cesaro, Jericho, Ambrose, Del Rio, Owens, and Zayn. So, you know, a really, really good ladder match, I feel. Um, And then, of course, you've got a couple of tag team matches. The New Day versus Enzo and Cass, Gallows and Anderson, the Vaud Villains. So, yeah, overall... It should be a good card. I've not watched it all the way through. I'm doing this purely on hearsay. So let's see how that goes. You up for that? Yeah, yeah, do it, yeah. Brilliant. Right, ladies and gentlemen, that brings to a close our retro pay-per-view show. A couple of housekeeping, okay? Hopefully, we will now be keeping to our schedule of a Thursday night um, podcast, fingers crossed. Please tune in on a Sunday to Chris O'Brien's Young Lion podcast where he reviews all and previews all to do with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Where he's not doing it this week, unfortunately, but he will be back on next Sunday reviewing the first few days of the Best of the Super Juniors tournament. Tune in next Thursday where we will be returning with a five count. You can follow me in the meantime at, at Real Rob Godwin. Where can they follow you, Garth? At Drummer Jackson. Oh, fantastic. And you can follow us and subscribe to us on the Apple Podcast. There. Po- Apple Podcast app. You can talk to it on Podbean, Audio Boom, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, all the usual places. Please subscribe, download the podcast. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you guys again soon. Yeah, take care, guys.